everyone. Oh, it's so good to see the Adams, Stevenson family with us this morning. Good morning. <laughs> Y'all ready to praise the Lord beginning within moments like these? Welcome, everyone. Won't you stand with us, please? this fall weather that I brought down from the, from the north. <laughs> what a beautiful day. Kind of refreshing, isn't it? Uh, think about back in those 100, 100 degree days this summer and this sure beats it. I hate to tell you, I love it. Hey, it's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. A couple things I would like to share. First of all, I want to thank Carvin for filling in for me, us last week, and the uh, death of Lynn's mother. And um, we also appreciate the many cards and uh, phone calls and the beautiful flowers that were sent in honor of my mother-in-law. And uh, we do appreciate all, appreciate Carvin. He always drops everything and he comes in the call of, of need, he's there. And I appreciate you, Carvin, very much. Uh, you know, it's not every congregation has someone like a Carvin. And uh, just do a, a, a wonderful job. Also want to thank the church. <laughs> And this might be a little selfish, but I thank you for your birthday party that you threw for me Wednesday night. And uh, I got chastised. They sent the, the extra birthday cake home with us. And my wife chastised me. And so did my blood sugar meter. And, uh, but it sure was good. <laughs> and I thank you very much. 
I guess uh, a guy only has his 70th birthday once in his life. So you made it extra special and thank you so much. Thank you for your love and the gifts and, and just your thoughts. A couple other things I want to uh, share with you is um, previously before uh, my mother-in-law passed away, uh, I had been uh, put down to speak next Sunday in Indiana at, at a family reunion. And um, I have debated on whether to go to this family reunion when my mother says, or my mother, my wife says I'm going. So next Sunday morning, uh, Bryce, our youth pastor, is going to be speaking and sharing with us this next Sunday morning. Y'all, y'all gonna come because you're gonna have to tell me how he does. You're gonna have to give him a report card and turn it into me. So that's next Sunday morning, and uh, I will, I, we will not be here. Also, this Wednesday night, uh, uh, Bryce has volunteered to do an activity with the youth and the adults on Wednesday night. I don't know what that's going to be. That's going to be a surprise, surprise, surprise. So y'all have to come. I don't know what he's planning, but I, I asked him if he had something that he thought he could do, and he said, yes, I do. And uh, so uh, that's Wednesday night at 6.30, and please uh, uh, come and support him in that. Today, following uh, the morning worship service, uh, the nominating committee meeting is going to have a short meeting. I hope it's, I don't think it's going to be very long, uh, but uh, this it, uh, will be right after that in my office, right after the service in my office and uh, the nominating committee. That seemed to be the, only, the best time I could get everybody together that needed to be there. Also, I want to formally uh, an, announce our annual business meeting is, is uh, October the 25th. It's a Wednesday night. Some people want to know what an annual business meeting is. An annual business meeting is actually required by our bylaws to have a formal congregation meeting to go over uh, the business and keep everything above board. And so everybody, it's a communication tool. Uh, and uh, we want to do that on October the 25th. If you can, hopefully you can be here that evening. Lynn has uh, an announcement that she wants to give that she's been preparing for all week. Well, actually, no, I haven't been preparing for it all week. I feel like I'm a little bit behind, but, you know, it's okay. Y'all have done Operation Christmas Child for a long time. So I'm just here to kind of remind you a little bit about it. Um, I've been in contact with Zonia and uh, Carrie, and they kind of been keeping me up to speed about some things. Today, as we introduce it, I just want to tell you... Um, you know, when we pack our shoe boxes and we put an example out there and there's little cards out there to give you some uh, updates, they do change what we can put in it, so I always double check uh, what's in there because uh, we were, Kathy and I were talking and we said, well, can we put toothpaste in it this year? So we looked and it's on the no list. So things do change. So check that and pack it. It's a lot of fun for these kids. So what, you pack a shoe box, you, if you're not up to packing a shoebox, don't want to run, grab all the little items. You can donate money to help cover the postage. Uh, but the most important thing that you can uh, do is pray. Pray for these boxes, and we'll have a special service where we uh, pray over the boxes before we send them on. And uh, we will have, there's a, at, and Dan and I were talking about this yesterday, and I'm so, 
I'm still getting a little acclimated to when you drop off the boxes here in West Monroe. I, I could tell you exactly when it was in um, the, uh, Harrisburg, Illinois, but we're, I'm going to double check. But it will be sometime in November. We'll have those dates up for you next week. It's probably somewhere around the second or third Sunday of um, November. So that's the fun part of it. Let me tell you why uh, uh, they come up with this idea not just because the kids do not have a lot around the, in other parts of the world, and this is a way we can bless them, but it was an evangelism tool. They used this to, um, the churches in the area where the boxes are being delivered, they host a big festival, they bring the kids in, uh, and once the kids receive the boxes, they have a discipleship class as a 12 lesson follow-up, and then because, um, the boys and girls go home and tell their uh, stories about what they've learned in their little classes. Um, they start introducing others to Jesus in their family. And then it becomes a tool for church planting and new churches are planted. So these shoe boxes have multiple purposes. So I, the, I again, leaned into Zonia and, and Carrie because they've done this for a long time. So well, what has been the goal in the past? And they said, well, we've had it different things, different years. So this year we're going we're gonna to set the bar a little high. We're going to say 100 boxes is our goal. Um, so that means it's going to be a challenge for some of us that maybe haven't been used to packing a box or uh, donating boxes. Also on the table, there is a way. If you really don't want to go out and... Um, go gather all the supplies up. There is a, a way you can give uh, boxes online. And I'll set up a special way when you uh, do that, that we get to count those boxes. I will tell you one of the things that happens to the boxes that you donate online, and I've done this a few times myself, uh, is that these go to the countries where it, it's not favorable um, to um, Operation Christmas Child and to um, the gospel. So they're not in the bright, brightly colored boxes you see out there on the display. They're just plain boxes, but inside the kids still get all the fun stuff and uh, ways that they can be evangelized. Um, so it it is a good, still a good thing to do it that way if you're not physically able to go and gather all the supplies. So uh, continue to think about how many the Lord would have you to do. It may be different than what you've done in the past. Maybe you're going to be challenged to give a few more. In the past, I just would give a couple. Well, I've been challenged a little bit more after hearing the story at uh, the rally I went to that uh, I need to step it up a little bit. Um, and so maybe that's what you ought to be thinking about and praying about. So uh, we will keep you posted. Hopefully next week we'll be able to have a little short video that will kind of refresh our memories all about all the different ways that this blesses the children around the world. So thank you. Won't you stand with us as we sing this beautiful song, Lord, I lift your name on high.
be our song to sing this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going to be uh, reading from Psalm 89. I feel like singing this morning, O Lord. I feel like telling everyone about me how great you are. If only they could know the depths of your love and your eternal concern for those who will follow you. But my songs are so often off-key. My speech is so inadequate. I simply cannot express what I feel, what I know to be true about your love for your creatures upon this world. But even the songs of the birds proclaim your praises, the heavens and the earth beneath them the trees that reach toward you, the flowers that glow in colorful beauty, the green hills and soaring mountains, the valleys and the plains, the lake and the rivers, the great oceans that pound our shores. They proclaim your greatness, O God, and your love for the sons of men. How glorious it is to be alive, O Lord. May every breath of my body Every beat of my heart be dedicated to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. If you're able, why don't you stand with us and we will sing, I will praise him, hallelujah.
to your classes. Are y'all glad to be saved today? Amen. Anybody not glad to be saved? You probably need to go someplace else. Because we're going to tell you about being saved this morning. It's important that you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. And that's what we're here about is because of Jesus. We're getting ready to go to the Lord in prayer. We have some requests, prayer requests this morning that should be dear to our hearts as we approach the throne. Those prayer requests that are in our worship folder this morning. I want us to remember especially Betty Green this morning. Betty has been going through a lot uh, physically. And uh, she wanted to come this morning, but was again sick this morning. We want to just lift her up especially this morning. Uh, Betty has been a servant of the Lord for many years, and we want to encourage her with our prayers. We have a lot of people that are traveling this morning. Somebody texted me from Pennsylvania this morning and said, I'm not going to be in church this morning. I'm in Pennsylvania. I don't know whether we should pray or cry for them. But we'll do something about that. We need to remember them. We have some in Alabama. Roll Tide. Y'all have to forgive me on that. I've, I've got to get, get past that. But um, There's others that are gone. Uh, Randy and Karen are gone this morning. Down on the beach. I don't know whether we should pray for them or not. Yes, we do. We remember. It's a good to get away, but it's good to come back. And this is we go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to sing a little chorus. This is, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O oh, my soul, in preparation for our prayer this morning. Would you sing with me this morning? Let this be our prayer this morning. morning and we take just a moment 
to pause and meditate upon our love for the Lord. You know, God has been so good to us. So many different ways. And how he provides for us, how he protects us, how he gives us strength each day. Thank you, Lord. It's for these things. We love you most of all because you gave your son, Jesus, that we could have eternal life. Father, without you, without your son's sacrifice, there would be no hope for us. We'd be lost. We'd have no direction, no hope, a sense of lostness. Lord, you came, and not, not only did you give victory to death, but you gave victory to us. And so our hope is in you this morning. Our life is in you. And everything we have is in you because you gave your all for us. Lord, we remember this morning as we pray for one for another, the needs that have been placed in our, our, uh, our worship folder this morning. You know each need. Lord, I, I lift Betty up, especially this morning. She needs a divine touch from you. And we are in agreement. You said we're two or three are gathered together in my name that you're there you would be. So we speak to you this morning and ask you simply, Lord, to touch your servant, Betty, this morning. Touch her body. Renew her physical strength. But more than that, Lord, encourage her spiritually this morning. Lift her up and know, Father, that you are with her. Think of those that are gone from our midst this morning for traveling purposes perhaps vacations, other experiences, Lord, and we just pray for their traveling mercies. We pray, Lord, that you would visit them right where they're at this morning, perhaps in a car, maybe on a beach. Lord, we don't know, but Father, you are not confined to this building. And we pray that you would meet them this morning. The other needs, Lord, Needs that each one of us have that perhaps we've never shared with anybody else, but we share them with you because we know you love us most. And you're aware of them anyhow, Father, so we confess those to you. Our needs, our need for wisdom, our need for understanding, our need for peace. Lord, we desire peace in our world today. Lord, reveal yourself to us and look into our hearts this morning as we continue our sense of worship this morning. And we want to continue to say we love you, Lord. And we just lift our life to you this morning. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, teach us to pray how you taught your disciples. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
and give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. In my travels the last several weeks and months, I couldn't help but notice as I was traveling the interstates of vehicles that I passed or they passed me, in some cases, very few. A lot of them would be motorhomes and a lot of them would be um, trailers that they were pulling. There's one thing that I, I like to read bumper stickers. Do y'all like to read bumper stickers? Some of them are just stupid. <laughs> but some of them are kind of catchy. But one of the things I noticed um, on, on, on several of them was little stickers on the back of where they had been. Maybe some of you were like that. Uh, there was little stickers that they had been to the Grand Canyon. Or one that we passed had been to Alaska. Can you imagine? Uh, another one was Mount Rushmore. Niagara Falls. Uh, another one was uh, one for each state that they had visited and it was just covered. It looked like they'd covered the 50 states. The Texas Alamo, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Dollywood. What are these things that are plastered on the back of our, our lives that reveal where we've been in life and what we have endured and what, where we're, we are going as people? And this morning, I want to ask you uh, one question. What souvenir or what sticker would Jesus, did he take back with him to heaven? Uh, we like to announce where we've been, where we're going. But you know, Jesus was here during the history, historical records say a 33 to a 33 and a, a, a half years here in a physical life. What was the souvenir that Jesus took back to heaven from whence he had come to earth? I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. If you have your Bibles, in 1 Peter chapter 2. And you know, I got the wrong bulletin. It does not have the scripture on it like it needs to, but I got it. First Peter chapter two, verses 18 to 24. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Thank you, Brooke. <laughs> 
Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. You've been called for this purpose. There is an example for you to follow in his steps. I don't know about you, but it's my lifetime journey and goal in life to be like Jesus. You like to be, you want to be like Jesus? Somebody say amen, I do. I want to be counted in the number. I want to be like Jesus. Notice some of the things that are in the scripture we read. It says Jesus committed no sin. There was no deceit upon him. Verse 23, when he was reviled, I know none of us have been reviled, called bad names or abused with words. That's something that everybody endures. Jesus did not revile in return and he uttered no threats. Verse 24, he bore our sins in his body on the cross. It's what Jesus took as our sins. Verse 24, it's by his wounds we are healed. When we think of a wound, it's an injury caused by, by cutting or stabbing or shooting or, or hurt or injured, not only to the physical body, but perhaps to our feelings or to our reputations. Well, this is where I want to go this morning. Bear with me. I want to talk about pain, wounds, and scars. I'm sure none of you have ever had any of that. The Jewish rabbi Harold Kushner wrote in a book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, he wrote this. Life is not fair. The wrong people get sick and the wrong people get robbed and the wrong people get killed in wars and accidents. And some people see life's unfairness and decide there is no God for the world is nothing but pain. 
and wounds and hurt. Wasn't it the song that said, if it were not for, uh, if it were not for bad things, bad luck, there'd not be any luck at all. See, y'all know that, don't you? Y'all have sang that to yourself, haven't you, time or two? You know, everybody has what we would call mortally bad luck. We all have accidents. We all have pain. We all have wounds in our hearts, in our lives. A pastor by the name of Peter Lord says, if God has the power to destroy pain, why doesn't he? And the answer that we come to is this, that it's because perhaps pain, wounds and scars are very valuable for God. Why would he want to do away with them? You see, the more that we study the word of God, we discover that no one suffers more pain, no one has more wounds, and nobody has any more scars than God. Think of the pain that it must have been when God created Adam and Eve. He created life in perfection. Perfect. They had everything they wanted. Everything they needed. They had a zoo in their own backyard. They had everything. And yet, they were determined to do that which God said, hey, that's the only thing I don't want you to do. And they did it. How, how much did that hurt God? I wonder sometimes how much we hurt God when we are disobedient to him. How about Noah? Remember the story of Noah in Genesis, how God looked down on the earth and he saw all the sin. He saw all the rebellion, all the immorality. And he looked down and he said, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to destroy the earth. The story of the great flood. How much that must have hurt God. Hey, I've given them everything they want, but yet they despise me and they reject me. Wednesday night, we've been talking about the life of Peter in specific and how much it must have hurt Jesus when Peter, who had followed Jesus for three years, at the time that Jesus needed him the most, Peter, the leader of the disciples, denied Christ, not once or twice, but three times. Oh, would that have been crushing to you? Someone you thought was your friend, and yet they deny they ever knew you. We could go on with so many stories of the hurt that God must have, has, has, has suffered through history. The rejections of Israel when they said, it's hopeless, we're going to do our own thing. David and Bathsheba. David, the New Testament says, was a man after God's own heart, but yet he was found in adultery. Oh, did that hurt God? And what about the church of today? 
We see churches on many, many, many uh, corners of streets in our world today proclaiming Jesus is Lord, but yet we continue to live by, like the devil. And we live totally opposite of those things exemplified by Jesus to love one another and to care for one another and to proclaim freedom to one another. How that must hurt our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The church that he died for, but yet we cannot live devoted to him. Well, God knows because he suffered pain and wounds and scars that if we do not have those pain, wounds, and scars, that this is the only way redemption can take place. Because if everything's perfect in our life, we don't need a redeemer. You see... When we suffer these things in life, we realize how much more we need Jesus and how much more we need his healing. James writes in James 1, consider it all joy. <laughs> Can y'all say joy this morning? I don't want you to look all too frowny. Say joy. It's a simple little word with three little letters. It starts with a capital J. It has an O and a Y. Joy. James says, consider it joy when you encounter various trials. Knowing that the testimony of your faith produces endurance. And let that endurance have its perfect result. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know, sometimes we want God to deal with us in the least costly way. The quickest way. We pray that we will not endure hardship, trials, and tough times. But unless these times occur, our redemption means nothing. It would seem we have nothing to be redeemed for. Now, brothers and sisters, we understand this in the Christian world. That moving up with God, if we're going to grow in our relationship with God, there is a cross. It involves a cross. And it did with Jesus. To walk in his Father's will, Jesus had to endure the cross. It involved pain and agony and deep wounds. The scripture says that we've been called to follow in his steps. So let me briefly this morning talk about these three things. Pain, pain, pain. Anybody know what pain is? Some of us know it more than others. Pain is something that comes upon us when we, all, something that alters our normal behavior. And we learn lessons from our pain, such as don't touch a hot stove. It causes pain. I had a young man in one of my congregations that loved going motorcycle driving. He had about three or four motorcycles. And 
He'd keep egging me on, Pastor. Let's go for a motorcycle ride. And now, you, can you imagine me on a motorcycle? But he had this one motorcycle. Hey, you don't have to do a whole lot. I said, I'm not a, you, I want you to know, I have ridden a motorcycle twice, and I have wrecked twice. <laughs> don't ask me to ride your motorcycles. But this particular time, Tim asked me to ride, and so I finally said, he's not going to let me go until I get on this motorcycle. Well, wouldn't you know, I got on the motorcycle, man, I was doing good. I hot-rodded through the neighborhood. I was doing great until I got to the place I was going to eat lunch. It was a pizza hut, and I didn't know how to put the brakes on the motorcycle. And don't you know that I ran smack into that Pizza Hut building, and it was brick. And, and in fact, I've got the scars to show it. I learned a lot of lessons that day. Dan, stay off motorcycles. You don't know how to handle these things. You see, we learn lessons by our pain. Physical pain is suffering. By the way, I had a doctor a couple of years ago. He was giving me a physical, and he looked at me. He said, "What?" He said, "What'd you do to your arm?" He said, "Don't ask, and I will not tell." He said, "It looks like you were in some kind of accident." I said, "Motorcycle." He said, "Oh yes, I got those scars." But from the slightest headache to the scratch on the elbow to the upset stomach to a baby's teething, to a spiritual pain that ranges from our depression and our worry and our fear, a fear of the unknown to, to pain of a lost loved one. We all suffer some way pain in life. And pain will lead us to compassion and concern or it can lead us to bitterness and contempt. I very, have a very big contempt for motorcycles. But it's during pain that all of the superficial life that we pretend we're in, it's then that it seemingly leaves us. Hey, we've had entertainment that has tried to take away our pain in life. Our hollow laughters. But life must be faced for what it is. It can be very painful. Reality comes home to roost during pain. And it's going to affect us all. None of us are left out. Aren't you glad to know that you're included in suffering pain? Somebody say amen. <laughs> oh me. All we can decide is what are we going to do with our pain? When it does come, Paul referred to his pain as a thorn in the flesh. Was it dissatisfaction? Was it frustration or oppression that Paul was enduring? But Paul chose to accept his pain when God told him, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made strong in your weakness. Does your pain this morning that you've suffered physically, I make, glad, I, 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 I make uh, uh, laughter about that, 
But we all have pain. It may not be physical. It may be spiritual. You had spiritual pain this morning? Sometimes I do. My heart groans and, and aches for certain things. It may be an emotional pain. It may be a medical pain that we are enduring this morning. Is our pain making us stronger or weaker? Some of our pains, <laughs> maybe you can uh, agree with me. I have had pains with my children. None of you have been there, but I have been. They just don't seem to do what we tell them or ask them to do. Now, yeah, I know none of your children were like that, but mine is. And sometimes I just get an ache in my side because of my children. Perhaps it's an illness that won't go away. A memory that what could have been, if only. A parent or friend who has hurt us through their ignorance. You ever been hurt by a friend when they say, you know, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget. You ever had that pain? A church that has shown the, atten the attention you should have had given, given to somebody else. But I want you to know that without pain, there is some danger. If we don't suffer some type of pain, you see, with pain, at least there's some feeling. Pain is an indication that something is not right. Consider, for instance, the leper. The leper is unaware there's any problem or disease till one day a finger drops off. You see, the disease that doesn't bring about pain is a deadly disease. The nerve endings are numbed out so that the body is unaware of danger. Do you know sinful, sin is very painful? And sin works the same way in our life. Sometimes sin, the things that we do produce sin, the, the sinful things we do against God is very painful. Sometimes the things we do brings heartache. We're trying to, as an escape mechanism, instead of God, we go somewhere else to extinguish that pain. And it only brings about more heartache. It brings about disgust. The knowledge is that we need a cure for our pain. I'm so thankful for God for pain. Are you thankful for God for pain? You know, the scripture says to give thanks in all things. Uh, amen. That's one you put on your refrigerator, isn't it? Thank God for my pain today. But through the acknowledgement of our pain, there is acknowledgement of a need. Society says, don't put up with your pain. Take a sedative. Take two of these and it'll go away. You know, we have a lot of sedatives for our pain today in our society. We have drugs, we have alcohol, we have vindictiveness. I'll get even with them. And I often tell my children, when you get angry at somebody, you're only hurting yourself because they don't even know you're angry at them. 
When the pain is done away with, it seems that the problem still remains. And it returns. And it takes, takes something deeper than a sedative. Internal pain says something isn't working right. Something that needs real healing. I want to ask you to do, what do you do with your pains? What do you turn with your pains? Is it producing endurance in your faith journey with God? Or is it being experienced for naught? What will you do with your pains? Hey, let's talk briefly about wounds. Wounds are something that is greater than a, than a scratch or a blemish on the skin. Wounds are something that are deep and penetrating. A wound that is not treated brings forth infection, which left untreated brings forth death. You see, a wound will destroy the whole body. You know, I know a lot of people that have had wounds where they've had open wounds and they've had to go to a doctor and what the doctor does, instead of, instead of just looking at that, he discovers that there's something underneath the skin and he'll, have, he'll go in there with a knife and open up something and he'll find infection deep in this wound. And all that wound, it, it had, all the infection has to be extracted and then they stuff something in there to fill in that wound so that it will heal properly. Well, as a wound can destroy the whole body if it's not treated. And we all have wounds that can cause death or give life. Who of us has not been affected by the enormous divorce rate today? What a wound. I know people that have suffered through divorce and they've still got the wounds. Oh, they get, look good on the surface. But down inside, they are so unsettled. And that infection seems to, you talk about their former ex and, and all you get is it stirs up that infection a little bit more and causes it to grow inside that wound. Abuse. Some of us have been abused physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's something, again, that we try to cover up. And it lies deep underneath the skin. Perhaps a break in a relationship of a good friend. But I want you to notice that the greatest wound of all is the wound of sin. And wound has a drastic effect if it's not dealt with. You see, wounds destroy not just the inside, but it also des destroys the surface. When I was in law enforcement, I sure had a, an eye-opening experience because I went into it thinking that I knew all about law, law enforcement, but it, it really jarred me when they issued me my first gun. Now, you think when you go... Uh, get your first gun, they give you a couple bullets, you stick it in your, 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 your pistol. and There was something different about these bullets that they give me. 
this, these bullets were called hollow point bullets. You know what hollow point bullets do? They enter and they spread out it's for a kill. And you see, that's what they were issuing us back then. I don't know if they do that today. But I want you to know that sometimes life can deal us with us some hollow point bullets. Some things that seemingly does not affect us in the long run is inside those wounds and they're just ripping up our organs and tearing us apart because we truly have not dealt with them in the right way. You see, wound, a wound is more on the inside than it is on the outside. Now, we all look nice and pretty today, but I'm aware that down deep inside of us, sometimes we are stirring and we are rolling around and we are hurting something that hasn't been dealt with. Now, wounds usually take quite a long time to heal, but they cannot be ignored. Healing sometimes comes by, listen to this, sometimes by forgiving God because we tend to blame God for all these things, for his unkindness, for his bad luck that he's given us, for his sickness or cruelty of life that he's bestowed upon us. But I want you to know that for our wounds to be healed, we must have the salve of Jesus' love applied. I want to tell you, that's the secret for healing, is to experience God's love. And that's why we in the church, we preach a lot about loving one another. Because you see, love heals. And love forgives. And love goes down deep inside and brings out the worst of that infection. And he brings forth and springs forth new life. Let the lesson of the wound direct our lives. It is not in vain when you are suffering deep spiritual wounds and other wounds in our life. A good joke may be forgotten, but the lesson of a wound is remembered for a lifetime. I know some people that's had some deep wounds. And they can always tell you the war stories of how they got them. You see, they've endured and they've let those wounds heal. Well, the last one I want to talk about, pain, wounds, and what was the last one? Scars. Very good, Ken. A scar is a mark left by a heel cut. A wound, a burn, a sore. I've got some scars in my body. You got any scars? Hey, folks, I had that back in 1984. This is my war story. <laughs> I had the original gallbladder surgery. Oh, I didn't have you cheap little dinky things, little laparoscopic things that they stick. Oh, no, they had to rip the whole body apart. Hey, I got a big scar. I remember that scar, but that is evidence of a healing. Scars can either hinder your life or they can help your life. They're scars of the heart. 
Scars are an indication that you've been hurt. And yet, you've been healed. You've seen them. It's by those scars that we learn those priceless things. The things of life that have become worthless or things that we thought worthless have become now priceless. Those things we want to curse for the past has now become a blessing because God has given us endurance and given us wisdom through the pain, wounds, and scars. Now, what is the message that I believe God is sharing with us today? It's this, folks. Until we've experienced genuine pain, deep wounds, and carry healed scars, will we ever be effective ministers of the gospel? We can't walk around wounded. We can't walk around with scrapes and bruises. We walk, God's people walk around with scars. So I ask you, what do you think was the souvenir Jesus took back with him to heaven after his journey on earth? Was it not the scars of the nail prints in his hands? Standing somewhere in the shadows, we'll find Jesus and we'll know him by what? The nail prints in his hands. You see, Jesus has got some scars too. They're scars that he received because of you and because of me. We were lost in our sin, but Jesus was nailed to the cross with big old thick railroad spikes. He was nailed to the cross and he took all of the sins of the world upon him on the cross. Your sins and my sins upon the cross. And it's by his death that we have received life. And Jesus has shown his father. Father, I was obedient to your will. I gave to you. I taught your people. I showed them good news. I showed them how to live. And we can, when one day, get to heaven. Jesus, would you show me your scars that you had because of me? Now listen, for healing to take place in our life, four simple things. First of all, we've got to admit we have some pain in our life. You'll never be healed from your pain wounds if we don't admit them. And sometimes we're afraid to admit them because we think that we're a little bit better than that. And we don't want to lower ourselves or humble ourselves to admit we're not who we say we are. So if we're going to be used, if our pain and wounds are going to be used for the furtherance of our endurance and our faith, first admit them. Confess our need. Secondly, present them. One of the things I preach often, and I really mean this, I think one of the things the church needs to, to look at themselves about is because we become people that don't use the altar anymore. We don't think it's necessary. And as a result, we hide those needs and we do not present them 
to the Lord for his healing. For healing to take place, we accept that pain and accept those wounds because we know that wisdom comes through the victory we have over these things. And lastly, for healing to take place, we minister with them. Let me tell you, I am a better minister today than I was 45 years ago when I started because I've had some hurts. I've suffered a lot of pain. I've suffered a lot of wounds from people just like you and me. And I want you to know I've tried to utilize that pain and wounds in the way that would be pleasing and I have found that I can use my past experiences to be a more effective minister of the gospel. Because you see, I've been there and you've been there and you can tell others with the endurance that you've had through your pain and suffering. If we will minister effectively the redemption plan of Jesus Christ, we're gonna, scary, we're gonna carry some scars because we've suffered through pain. Wounds. Someone has said, and I wrote this on the bottom of your, your note sheet this morning. It says, life is ours. Simply for the asking. And it brings us into a whole new and exciting world. Like birth, it will take time and perhaps be a painful process. But when it comes, you'll be amazed how clearly things will come into focus. Because you'll begin to feel like a new creature. To which Jesus called it the new birth. Pain, wounds, and scars. It's an old chorus that we sing. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me. Mold me. Take my pain and, and, and wounds and scars. Break me. But yet, Lord, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. What are you doing with your pain and your wounds? And hopefully you've got scars that will express victory in your life through Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, Lord, the example that you've given us to walk in your steps. And we know that as you walked here on this earth, it wasn't an easy life. It was a life of discipline. It was a life of carrying our own cross, as you told us. Lord, it was a life, Lord, filled with self-denial and commitment and loyalty it was a life that showed us how to live and how to have the hope of eternal life. Lord Jesus, this morning we simply come and realize, Lord, perhaps we have some pain in our life this morning. We need to simply give it to you, Father, and ask for your healing. Lord, we've got some wounds, deep wounds that perhaps we suffered through the years. And Lord, you want to redeem us from those deep wounds this morning. And we ask simply that you would fall fresh upon us again. And we pray, Father, that as we receive this healing, we know we'll have these scars. 
the Father that we can even present to you when we get to heaven to show our scars to you. To which, Father, we know that you were the one that set the example for us. Forgive us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Search us, Lord. And fill us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning as we sing?